This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Can I help you, sir? My God, you're greasy. Mr. Maruka, help! Yes, word of the day is greasy. Texas now, 204-780-6868 with the keyword greasy. And who will get the greasiest goal? And you could have a guest spot on Jim Toth's show on Friday. Can I make that happen, or am I just talking out of my my ear, Jim Toth? Gree, e, e, easy. We're gonna. That ta- was my bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. Very nice. That's greasy, Ricky. Gree, <laughs> e, e, easy. We're gonna talk a lot about greasy goals. Greasy was the word that Rick Bonus used back in January. We'll talk all about that. He wants he wants lucky goals. He wants good bounces. He wants hard fights to the middle of the ice so you can get those deflections and rebounds. He wants more goals against the Vegas Golden Knights in Game 5, or else the Jets will not be continuing into Saturday. As we mentioned, 204-780-6868 is uh, your connection to uh, myself, Derek Taylor, in for Cameron Poitras and the great Jim Toth. Oh, I don't know about that, but I'm here. The superficially adequate Jim Toth. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a t-shirt? I'd try. That's good. Yes. Uh, greasy hair is Gre- bad. Is that fair? Oh, now that is. Dude, That's wash bad. your hair, people. Uh, wash it. Let it air dry. Then, if you must, blow a bit. You get the flow. You get the fluff. Greasy bre- uh, greasy salesmen. They're bad. Uh, they're bad. I get a kick out of greasy salesmen. Okay. A, a greasy yeah. breakfast, though. I get a kick out of when you go look at a vehicle. And and I, I know salesmen and women at car lots get a bad rap because I know many of them. They're all good people and they do good work. But there is that, that odd one that comes out. Instead of saying, hi, how are you today? It's the old, oh, you'd look great in that. My God, you're greasy. <laughs> Just like you, you would look great in that El Camino. <laughs> And and who wouldn't? Greasy breakfast, good. Greasy goals are great. And that is what Rick Bonus. Greasy breakfast is great. Oh, there's there's nothing better. Uh, except for this this will be my anti-duck fat rant. Don't fry potatoes in duck fat. That's not, <laughs> that's not a thing. How would you know that? How would you know not to fry potatoes in duck fat in duck fat? Uh 2019. Almost said duck fat. Sorry, Dugs. <laughs> 2019 Grey Cup. I had breakfast with uh, my buddy Kate Burness and went to this fanciest place in Calgary. And uh, they, fr- oh, we fry our potatoes in duck fat. And it's just gamey nonsense. Like, and Kate me- wouldn't be about that. Kate like eats earth food. And I, I think it came, I think there was avocado. So she was able to get oh, something. She's so very, avocado, she's very yeah. like, she works out hard yeah, and she, yeah. she eats clean. So we found I would like to see the two of you at a breakfast actually. And it's like, you oh, don't yeah. want more of this buffet, Kate? <laughs> No, I'm good with my kale avocado. Can you get this turkey bacon off my real bacon? Thank you. My God, you're greasy. <laughs> That's how you know it's a great breakfast. Also, when you're playing hockey, like there's, you need a shower after, right? But that's not greasy. What's greasy is when you go out on a Friday night and yeah. then Sunday, you're like, I got a shower. Like I've been two days here on the couch. That's greasy. Yeah. You got to. You got to find a way the next day to wash that away. And you got to find a way to get some goals. And, and oh. as, as I was thinking about this, Greasy, isn't it just as far as the Jets go, shoot the puck? Isn't isn't Rick Bonus saying what, what you've been saying for a couple of days here? Shoot the puck on the goal. Let's shoot. We'll dive into the numbers. But 
the, shoot the puck on the goal. Yeah, and I usually say that because this team finds success that way. But even if it's a great goalie, like I'm like, more shots, get more shots, get it on net. It, but I think with Laurent Bressois, you do it even more so. Like on great goaltending, like I would assume the book on Hellebuck is pepper him with shots and go to the net, get some rebounds because you're going to need a few bounces and need lucky ones. I just, the way, and I had Trevor Kidd on my show yesterday about 2.30, if you want to go to the cgob.com audio vault and listen to what Trevor Kidd had to say, but I asked him, doesn't Brassois look a little shaky? He goes, a little. He looks real shaky. And and he said, quite often, like, there's the whole, I didn't see the shot coming. Mm. There are times where he says he sees a shot coming, makes the save, and then is looking for it. Like, he doesn't know where it went or what's going on. So he kind of agreed with me. And I, I'm i not saying that because he agreed with me. I'm thankful that he did. He showed me I wasn't out of, out of touch. But I was just thankful that he agreed because he's like, pepper this guy with shots. Yeah. Um, because, you know, he he is not to disparage him. And, and if they win this series, he'll be a part of that, right? He'll be a big, big part of the starting goaltender that shut down the Jets offense and everything else. But he said in three of the four games, he's looked real like shaky and and not on his game. And and he said, if you pepper this guy with shots and he starts flail, flailing around like that, you're going to get rebounds. And then he pointed to the third period in, in game three when they were down 4-1. And he said, what did they do in the third? He said, they just started shooting. Like Nina Ryder off the side and then, you know, yep. Mark Shifley. And I, I had a great angle from the press box on that Mark Shifley goal. And even Blake Wheeler's was the exact opposite of Mark Shifley's goal in game three to game four when he opened the scoring. Those are sa- those are shots that should be saved. Yeah, They really are. And there was nothing, you know, I know Blake Wheeler's front of the net on Mark Shifley's power play goal, but he was just on the wall, not trying to fool anybody and just put it on net. And, and that shouldn't go in. So... A greasy goals. Go to the net. Pepper this guy with shots and crash the net. 93 shot attempts in game three is the high the Jets have had. Of course, that, that game went four and a half periods, so it puts it out. They out. Uh, pardon me, that was uh, 82 the Jets had that game. Vegas had 93 as Winnipeg has had more shot attempts in both game one and game four. Yeah. By, by 14 in game one and 13 in game four. Three was an outlier. Vegas, it was really close in number two. And here's the thing. I went in and I checked out, uh, and Kelly Moore sent us some of this from NHL.com. I thought, oh, well, Vegas must be blocking all the shots in the world. It's it's really quite even in block shots. Winnipeg's led twice. Yeah. Vegas has led twice. So I look at this and go, okay, are, is this those shot attempts? You're throwing it on the net and hoping someone tips it? Like you, that they're, that I feel like maybe they are trying here's to get those goals, and they just – haven't come to be, and then, oh, by the way, here comes Vegas on the counter and look out. Well, Vegas does a phenomenal job of filling lanes and not letting you, like, they block shots like no other team. They really do. Um, but I still think there's plenty of opportunity where the Jets could and and should put more pucks on in that. And I mean more so than usual, like, against better goalies, like Appleton, again, I, I bring that up, going from behind the net um, and then going back to the point and the point looking and then trying to fire something through lanes. If I'm beside the net, put it on that. And I saw the Jets doing that more. Kyle Connor tried to score a goal twice in the dying minutes of game four by putting the puck off of Bressois or yeah. off his head. Yep. I think they should do a lot more of that. I think they should, you know, so what I'm saying is the point shots are good and more shots, all that, get them through the lanes, what you can. But even from odd angles, even from just put the puck in front of the net and and go hard towards it, I, I think you'll get some bounces and, and rebounds. And I'm wondering now that we saw these stats from Kelly and, and what we were talking about, Derek, is, you know, when Connor Hallibuck steals games, it's when he's seeing 40 plus shots. 
And I'm not, I'm not, I wonder what Bruce Cassidy is saying about Hell Up Buck. I wonder if it's like, look, we want to, obviously he's going to say, get as many shots as you can, crash and rebound. But I'm wondering if he's like, you know, if the lane's not there or, or everything, like, because the busier he has historically, that's when he, like the, the game that got to overtime in Vegas earlier in the year, I think he had 51 saves. Yeah. It's a, that's when he gets into his own, right? Like, I wonder if in the first 10 minutes, it's like, let's just try and, and get some high danger scoring chances as opposed to peppering him with shots. Because when you pepper him, that's when he gets going. Which, I mean, would seem to make sense. Rhythm, right? Yeah. Goaltenders can be rhythm players. Hellebuck, when you step through the numbers and everything's contextual, like after the first game, 880-something save percentage yeah. for Connor Hellebuck? The Vesna Trophy finalist is impending is is a remarkable thing. I'm going to do it a little later. I'm going to throw it at Toth. I've got my five most important players, the five guys who absolutely positively need to show up. Connor Hellebuck may appear on that list in game <laughs> five in order to get a game six, in order to get a game seven, because, uh, yeah, there are some guys who need to be there. Mark Shifley, we're still waiting to hear. Rick Bonus used the word hopeful yesterday. More likely to play Shifley or Nikolai Ehlers. I have a gut feeling that they both play. Oh. The problem is, is I think Ehlers could be ready to go. I, I think what happened with Nick Ehlers is he declared himself ready. Medical people didn't. And then it went day. And so I thought I thought the upper body issue uh, system when it's a head problem began again. And that's a seven day process where you, you have to go and it's, it's a, it's a, in that seven to 10 days, it's a two day thing. So you, you, the minute you fail some part of it, which is on the bike or get on the ice and skate. And then how are you feeling now? Yeah. And then how are you feeling the next day? And then how are you feeling the day after that? And if any part of those two days, 48 hours, something doesn't look good, it starts again. And I think it's I, this is my own personal feeling. I think it started again for Nick, but I think that time is running out again. And so if he's gotten as far as he's gotten and skates today, I, I think he goes. Mark, I think goes, and I think he Ooh. goes injured. But I, I don't know that I'm fifty fifty on it. But what I'm saying is, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes. But the problem is, is if he can't go a hundred percent, like, or if he can't go sixty minutes, where are you? Because yeah. Mark's not a guy that can come in and they use him for 14 minutes or 12 minutes and 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 if he's at 70%. But it's playoff time, right? So I just I don't know. I I'm I don't know what the injury is. I don't know if it's a it's but I have a, a feeling we'll find out by game time tomorrow, probably yeah. not even sooner. But I just have a feeling they both go. We don't know if it's gamesmanship the way they're talking about them because it's the playoffs and I don't trust anything any coach says or any player says in the playoffs because why would they tell anybody? Everybody will know. Everybody saw the Shifley video. So if he plays, every opposing player on the Vegas Golden Knights will know. Hmm, upper body. Oh, okay. I think I know where that is. Okay. <laughs> let's go into the corner for a little bit. And if you carry 12 forwards and one of them goes out, one of your top liners goes out. Well, that's the problem. That's right? going to be a problem. we got about 10 seconds. I know it's do or die game, literally, yeah. f- as we talk about this. But the other problem is, is you, you, the other thing you don't want to do is go into a do or die game, like you said, with 12 forwards, and by the second period have 10. Yeah. That's not how you go into a do or die game. No, absolutely not. 204-780-6868. I'm going to do my top five absolutely need Ooh. to show up 
on Thursday. Where are you at? Give me your top. Give me your top five. Tell me what you think of mine. We'll do that in the bottom of the hour as we continue. It's Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Your two-man advantage with Jeff Braun. Jeff Braun, in honor of uh, me running Simpsons clips all throughout this show. Yep. And on your newscast. Yeah. (laughs) Is that what Uh, that was? Was uh, Phil Hartman's Lyle Lanley or was uh, Steve Martin as the garbage commissioner? Which one of those was the greatest one-off character in Simpsons history? Or is there another candidate? Lyle Landley. That was the the monorail guy, right? Brockway, Ogdenville, and North Haverbrook. And by gum, it put them on the map. (laughs) Oh, man, that is a tough one. I got to go. That monorail episode is just, it's... The garbage truck one is good too, but the, yeah. the monorail one takes the cake. It's him. I just let Steve Martin. I, I'm not much on speeches, but it gives me great pleasure to leave you here in the mess you've created. You're screwed. Goodbye. And, and the little band that starts playing while <laughs> yeah. he walks off stage. Exactly. He's right. He ain't much on speeches. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Braun bringing us the news all afternoon long. I am Derek Taylor bringing you greasy Simpsons clips all afternoon long. That was- when you want grease, go to the source. Good oh. old Krusty Burger. Oh, well, say. <laughs> Look at that redheaded kid. There must be $20 worth of grease on his forehead alone. <laughs> I, love, I love it so much. And that is exactly what's going to be in my head tomorrow as the Jets take on the Golden, the Vegas Golden Knights. Nine o'clock is the game time. Pre-game with Kelly Moore at 6.30. All I can think about is greasy <laughs> Greasy gold. I, I went to an alumni soccer tournament in Lethbridge years ago. Years ago. And at the end of the tournament, um, they had this dinner supplied. They had an awards thing and stuff. And and they served chicken, like fried chicken. And my buddy to this day, and now what I hear this is like, this chicken's so greasy, you could eat it in the shower and it'd still be greasy. I love it. My God, you're greasy. (laughs) Mr. Maruka, help! And and by all rights, I should have got the Dr. Nick Riviera where your window to wait game, you take a take a piece of food and you rub it on a napkin. If the napkin turns clear, it's your window to wait game. <laughs> I have no idea of these Simpson clips. I never watched the Simpsons. And yes, you can text 780-6868. That explains a lot, Toth. But I've never got into The Simpsons. Mike says Hans Molman gets no love. Uh, just talking about one-off characters. Moleman is Classic. I do, from what I've seen of limited Simpsons, my favorite character was Groundskeeper Willie, by far. Who also has a famous Grease quote. Uh, There's something caught in the the ducks, and it hit me up on the text line, if you remember. He's like, Lunch Lady Donuts, have you got any Grease? And she's like, yes, I do. Rips off his shirt, and he is like movie star ripped. Then grease me up, woman. (laughs) She's like, okie dokie. This is how we go into a game five. Right, it's the it's the two Don't days. Don't panic. Off. Have a little fun. All right, uh, we got some. Uh, got five minutes here to do the top five guys who need to show up tomorrow. I will say them. This is my list. Jim Toth, you'll react to them. Ready? I'm ready. Number five, Nikolai Ehlers. Oh yeah, they could use him if, if he plays. If so he, this is if whether he does or not. Well, it every, everything's uh, everything's up in there. Actually, this is great. Top five to show up. Number five, Nick. We need you to show up. We would love Stay you healthy. too. Yeah, that, he's going to be the second left winger. If Shifley isn't there, what Nemestikov goes to the second line center. Someone's got to be that left winger. It would be perfect if Shifley can't play. Ehlers number five. I agree. Offensive driver of play. He's he's what they need. He may not bang and get the puck out of the corner, but what have we been talking about? Shoot the puck on the net. He might be there. 
I don't want to say best scorer, but he's he's a he's one of the best scorers on the team. Let's not kid ourselves. Number four, Vlad Nemestikov, because he may get thrust into the center spot to fill in for Shifley. That I agree with because we haven't talked about this since the series started, but Vlad Nemestikov's playoffs has not been very good, in my opinion. Yeah. Not trying to knock the guy, but he has done so many good things since he came here in that trade. Um, but I, I just expected him. He just looks a little off, and and he's just not performing to the degree that we saw him during the regular season since his acquisition. So I agree with you. They, if he could have a game, that would help. Number th- number three players who need to show up tomorrow: Pierre, Luke, Dubois. Yeah, and not take All four three minutes of, of penalties. All three, All three of them, <laughs> Pierre and Luke and Dubois. Yeah, and if all three of them come and don't take a penalty, but he plays like he can, and in game one, where I like his physicality in all the games, but it's too much, and you have to know when and where. Um, but the Pierre Luke Dubois in game one, where you know the physicality was, I'm going through you as I go to the net, and I'm dragging this guy with me as well. Yes, they they need him to show up and have a game. Yeah, he. I like Pierre Luc Dubois. Like I like my first diet Pepsi in the morning. It's it's got to be there though. It's got to be there for me. If it's diet Coke and he's the diet Coke in the morning, it's just not the same. Key to this he, is his first diet Pepsi in the morning. Exactly. There are many, isn't aren't there? Number two. Not judging. No, many, many. Number two of guys who need to show up tomorrow. It's Connor Hallibuck. Uh, Money Puck has him about three goals saved above average, negative three goals saved above average, meaning he's let in more than you would have expected based on the shots he's facing. 888 save percentage in the last three games. We talked about it in advance of the series. Connor's going to steal one. Well, tick tock, tick tock. Yeah, I would agree with that. They need a game. And uh, again, those goals that he gave up in game four, I don't blame him for any of them. But as many people we've been discussing the past two days, including here in our newsroom, go, you're right. Those are goals that go in, like the rebound to Howden, uh, the kick in or the deflected in by Carlson, yep. and the deflection by Barbashev that goes right up high on a shot that's coming towards the net. You're not expected to save those. But Connor Hellebuck can't. Connor Hellebuck can make saves that other goalies shouldn't be able to make. And that's where the steal one comes into it. You don't blame them for those goals that went in at all. They're deflections, they're kick-ins, they're you know, automatic rebounds where you make the save and the, the, the rebound comes too quickly. It's like the overtime goal in game three. You don't blame the goalie for those. No. But the point was made to me to steal one. He can make some of those that he shouldn't be able to, and that's what stealing one is, and I agree with you. He needs to steal one. My, my impression is this whole thing doesn't work if Hellebuck's an average goaltender. Yeah, and he's I a don't super think he's elite been average. Tender. Like in game no, no, four, he has been, like in game two. and um, But in game four, I didn't find him average. But to, my point of what I just yep. said, to steal one, you have to make some saves you shouldn't be able to make, and that's stealing one. So uh, top five, Ehlers five, Nemesnikov four, Dubois three, Connor Hellebuck two. The number one guy, absolutely positively need to show up. No questions asked, Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor. Everything is primed for him just from a numbers perspective. Everything's primed for him to be leading this leading this team in scoring in this series. And instead it's Neil Pionk. Uh offensive zone starts. He's number two on the team and getting offensive zone starts. Uh he's got double as many shots as the next guy on the team. He's got the number one time on ice for forwards. But Neil Pionk leads the team in scoring with Adam Lowry at number two. And I see him in spots and I go, there's that creative thing I like. And then there's the other 20 minutes where he's on the ice, but it's not, I, 
I've, I don't know if there's something keeping him that Vegas is doing to keep him from being the elite scoring talent I believe him to be and he's proven to be, but I need Kyle Connor tomorrow. Well, here's the interesting thing about this is when there's no Nick Ehlers and no Mark Shifley, it becomes really easy for the Vegas Golden Knights. And one of the reasons why I had the Jets winning this series is what I said at the start of it. You might be able to contain Kyle Connor and Nick Ehlers, but then there's Shifley and Wheeler. You might be able to contain Shifley and Wheeler and Connor, but then there's Ehlers and Dubois. You might be able, like to me, there's six guys in this top six that can do some damage. And they're not all going to do damage night in and night out. That'd be great if they could, and, and they should like for four of the five games. But it just doesn't work that way. But when there's no Ehlers and there's no um, Shifley, then it becomes easier, right? And that's what I, when I re-looked at the game four, that's what I saw happen to Kyle Connor in the second and third period. He was making plays. He was moving, getting through zones. He didn't get a lot of shots but or dangerous ones for that point. But then all of a sudden, instead of one guy sort of on him, chasing him, there's two. And that's what happened with Kyle Connor at the start of the year. When they went into Dallas on that road trip and Colorado and, and everybody was like, he was getting shots and hitting the post but not scoring goals. And everyone's like, well, you know, he hasn't scored goals in 13 games or right. one, one in nine games or whatever it was. I said, there's two guys on him. And this has become, given his year last year when he got 90 points, this has become Kyle Connor's team. Like Blake Wheeler's a little slower now. And and um, Shifley was getting 42 goals, but he wasn't getting the assist. Teams were keen on Kyle Connor, and that's what happened in the second and third period when Mark Shifley was gone and there's no Nick Ehlers. So I'm with you. They need him. They need him to score some goals tomorrow and put up some points. But to me, that's why it's so important that, at, to the question, if Mark Shifley's 80 to 90%, I think he goes, and that's why. Because I think it's time in a do-or-die game that this team has more than the two or three options that it's accustomed to. Vegas, in my mind is so deep evenly throughout their forward core. Yeah. But if you can eliminate what Mark Stone and William Carlson can do, and I know there's Marsha Show, and I know there's these other names there like Jack Eichel, but if you can limit what Eichel and Mark Stone can do, and I'll even throw in Carlson, those are three names. And if you can key on those guys and you got Connor Hellebuck in net, I think it's really tough for them to find some offense. And that's what we've seen. Eh? They've found the offense, but it's two to three goals. It's on a kick-in or a bounce or this or that. The Jets need a full lineup to be dangerous, and they need all of those guys going to be dangerous. And if somebody's having a rough go, there's somebody else. But when when there's nobody else, and Kyle Connor's getting double-teamed, he's got a rough go, but you got to fight through that. So I agree with you. They need Kyle Connor, and they need him to, to score. But I wonder... If having Mark Shifley on the ice at even 85% is just as much a benefit to Kyle Connor as is him not having him on the ice. My top five, Ehlers, Nemesnikov, Dubois at three, Hellebuck at two, Kyle Connor at one. What do you think? 204-780-6868. Plenty of your texts when we return in advance of the Jets and Golden Knights. By the way, you said Adam Lowry. He's third. Blake Wheeler is the highest scoring forward on this team after four games. He's got five points. Lowry has four goals. Wheeler has two goals and three helpers. Neil Pionk leads with seven points. I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois has four points. Niederreiter has four. Kyle Connor, three. You know how I love me some Blake Wheeler, (laughs) but you need some Kyle Connor and Dubois to be performing better than putting up more points than Blake Wheeler. We're back on 680 CGOB. 
Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. 204-780-6868 is the text line. Derek Taylor in for Cam Poitras and Jim Toth, our final six minutes together because Cam is back tomorrow. Great news for hockey fans everywhere. Ed says the whole team has to perform. Otherwise, they are done. The the bottom six has been pretty reasonable in this series. I'm looking for the top part of that. Yeah, you know what? That's an interesting point because I, I'm not concerned of whether when we're talking who will show up and who won't. Like, I've been impressed with what the bottom six has been able to do, and, and um, I think they'll show up and keep doing it. I mean, I think one of the storylines of Game 4's loss that isn't talked about enough is – the Adam Lowry, Morgan Barron, Mason Appleton had themselves a game. Like there was, I was looking at some of the shifts they were taking in in the late in the second period and how they were hitting everything that moved and cycling the puck and the four check. And I know they got scored on for the first goal, but I, I just was like, I've never seen um, Adam Lowry possessed like that before. Like it, he's been having a phenomenal run for weeks and, and well over a month now for the Jets. But he was destroying everything on every shift for over, you know, two periods. So um, I've been impressed with how the, the the bottom six has performed in this series. Winnipeg out hitting the Vegas Golden Knights by 10 per game from Kelly Moore, the numbers he collated for us. So, yes, things are things are really good. That said, as the texture says, if Lowry and Pionk are your team's point leaders, or in this case, in your top three, something is wrong with your team. They're only being outscored 15 to 13 in the series. Yeah. 15 to 13. But I mean, to that point a little bit, like that's how I thought the Jets would win this series is I thought Vegas would score two to three goals a game. And I thought the Winnipeg Jets would score four to five. And I thought they'd win the series in six games. Yeah. And, and I look at these games and, and the goals are giving up. I mean, so game one was a five, one win game two was a five, two loss. And then after that, it's a five, four overtime loss and it's a empty net goal for two loss. But, you know, like they, they need the top six to do the damage and they need the top six to do the damage for the next couple of days, for a couple of games. Should it go that far? They need production from them. They need to get, you know, I'm not disparaging Blake Wheeler at all. I thought he could get five to seven points in a six game series against the Vegas Golden Knights. It's, I just thought that the Shifley's, the Connors, if Ehlers was in there, but he's not, the Dubois would have six to eight points in six games, yeah. and 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 they should. Like they they've had their opportunities. I mean, Greasy, how we started this show: go to the net, pound the puck, force something in, get some greasy goals. Hey, hey, you're taking a grease. It's our grease now. Ah! We run the grease racket in this town. Ah, <laughs> Simpsons will never never die. Gree, e. E easy. Andy is on the text line. Uh, Derek Nemesnikov ain't making six to seven million, so chill out. I, I don't care that he's not making six to seven Look, million dollars. It, it's on other guys. Sure, if you make seven million, if you make nine, if Mark Stone was not producing, if Jack Eichel had games two, three, and four like he had game one, Vegas would be outraged and they'd be losing the series. Uh, I, I get that. Jets losing the five on five game. I could not believe the Jets are producing at 41% on the power play, yeah. which means they are getting clubbed five on five. I didn't even look on the five on five numbers, but that means they're getting clubbed five on five. And again, like it's, 
the five on five and and the power play going is great. The penalty kill is doing really good for the Jets, but this was never going to be like the power play for both teams wasn't great coming in. The penalty kill for Winnipeg was sensational, and the penalty kill for Vegas wasn't good. This was never going to be a special team series to me. It was going to be a five on five yeah. series. It's not like the Oilers series, yeah. right? Where so Oilers Chandler power Ste- play. and Chandler Stevenson leads it with six points, two goals, four assists for them in four games. Mark Stone has five points. And after that, it's William Carlson, four points in four games. Jack Eichel, four points in four games. I, a point of game I expect from those guys. The Jets should still be winning this series. There's, so, there's no outlier on that team, right? Their I, top six guys, I think, were separated by 13 points this yeah. season. Crazy. Uh, John, I will finish with this quickly, though. Give me. Mark Stone's five points in four games and the way he's playing blows my mind. Yeah. I thought it would take him... Three to four games. I, I expected him to get some goals and assists. I, I thought he'd get one point maybe in the first two to three games and then start. The fact that he has been out since January and the fact that he's on his second back surgery in nine months and he's played, he led the team in, in minutes for forwards in game one and since then he hasn't missed a beat. But he couldn't possibly have played five days earlier in the regular season. Not to at make all. A, could no not way. have possibly. Wasn't ready. John on the text line says we need some puck luck, which John, that's exactly what everything. There are a million words for the exact same thing. Greasy goals, puck luck, bounces, put it on net. It's all saying the same thing. Put Laurent Boisois in compromising situations. You said Trevor Kidd almost laughed at you for saying he's been struggling, that Boisois has been struggling. It's been worse as we get the grease theme in the background is a perfect pull. That is a perfect pull. Greasy goals. Boisois a little greasy, slipping and sliding all around and making saves, but still looking for the puck. Where's it at? Nine o'clock tomorrow, 6.30 pregame show. Greasy goals. You're a backup. He greased that into a nice performance. I I love it. For Jim Toth, I'm Derek Taylor. Cam Poitras back tomorrow to set you up for the game. Been a pleasure, DT. Great stuff. All mine, my friend. Jets at noon. 680 CJOB.